Welcome to the Forge Truth Podcast, where we are building great men as God defines greatness. Forge is a movement of men with a mission to help all men realize they're the deeply beloved, redeemed sons of the Most High God. I'm your producer, Zach, and I'm here to discuss the issues that affect men the most with our two hosts, Dr. Pete Allenson, lifelong pastor and leader of Forge, and Jason Quinones, Bishop of Core Faith Church in Oviedo, Florida. Men, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. Always good to, good to be with you guys. I know, man. I tell you, it is. It's good to hang out. And once we get started, we sometimes can't stop. Zach mm-hmm. has to stop us. Yes. That's my role here. Yes. That's your role. <laughs> yeah. To stop you guys from talking. Tough. It's, t- it's tough, you know, for pastors to stop talking. I know. Three po- We're paid to talk, yeah. whether we have anything to say. It's like my mentor, Steve Brown, says, I talk until I figure out what I'm supposed to say. And then you just kind of, <laughs> good night. Absolutely. Well, today, I think we have a lot we could talk about because we're talking about forgiveness. Mm. And it's a topic that is all throughout the Bible and definitely a part of the Christian life. So we want to get into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? That's That's a good question. I mean, forgiveness is having the slate wiped clean, I think would be a good way to look at forgiveness. Yeah. Slate wiped clean. Yeah. And that's something that uh, we can do in, just among other people. If someone hurts us, wipe their slate clean. But ultimately, we each have a slate that needs to be wiped clean by by God, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, Pete, let's start at the Lord's Prayer. Let's start there. Yeah. Okay. What does the Lord's Prayer say about forgiveness? You know, it really is fascinating, isn't it? That in the Lord's Prayer, which is really the Christian's prayer, the disciples' prayer, um, it's it's not that it's not the prayer we pray to become Christians, but it's the one we pray sustaining as a Christian. And in it, in that second part of that prayer, talking about our needs, you know, he says, uh, "Give us this day our daily bread," and then he says, "And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors." And then he goes on to say, uh, "If you can, if you forgive." your, those who've trespassed against you, your debtors, then your heavenly father will forgive you. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. So we need to talk about that. That's a controversial thing as well. But it's, it's important to understand that forgiveness is central to the gospel. Like you said, the slate wiped clean, but it's an ongoing thing that we, so we confess and we forgive as a regular part of the ongoing part of our Christian life. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with justification. So how does forgiveness play a role in our salvation at the moment of justification? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to answer that? So, I mean, the moment that we confess, the moment we repent of our sin before God, recognizing who he is, then we are justified before him. So he wipes the slate clean. He no longer sees us as his enemies. He now sees us as we say always here, as the beloved sons of the Most High God. He sees us as loved. He doesn't see us as that. So now we have a right standing before him. So he's forgiven us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, justification is a declarative, sort of a legal uh, thing that God does. He declares us righteous giving us the righteousness of Christ and declares us not guilty for our past sins. Powerful. And and yet we still sin. 
you know, and, uh, Romans seven and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So Romans five, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God and you, you hit it. It's about our standing, our position. Now our practical, you know, daily life, we still, we still do sin and we have to continue to grow. So we confess our sins as Jesus calls us to, and to, to, uh, repent of our sins on a regular basis because God is still holy and because we still sin, (laughs) you know, that's just a reality. Yeah. So asking God's forgiveness at the start of the Christian walk is absolutely essential. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't become any less essential, uh, during the Christian walk, but, but we should treat it. We should think of it a little bit differently than when we first convert, right? Talk to me about why forgiveness and asking God's forgiveness our entire Christian life is so vital yet once you become a Christian, like your, your sins past, present and future are forgiven, Mm -hmm. but yet it's still important to still confess our sins and get God's forgiveness. Can you talk about that? Yeah. It, and, and we need to, because it does bring up the, uh, among the body of Christ, there are different views on, um, I once saved, always saved. Um, and you know, my, that's my conviction, right? So, uh, so that if I sin again after becoming a Christian, I don't lose my salvation, even if it's an egregious sin. Uh, Catholic theology uh, has two types of sins, mortal sins and venial sins. Mortal sins um, kill your salvation. Venial sins don't. And so they have a, a twofold classification um, Protestants don't typically have that, but some people do believe you can, some Protestants do believe you can lose your salvation. I, I don't believe I, I don't believe that. Bishop, where are you at on that whole thing? Because it pertains to what we were talking about. So I'm going to say that I agree with you in the sense that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. of promise, right? As, an, as a down payment. Uh, for our salvation. So once you come to Christ, you shared this morning, we are baptized into the body of Christ. And so that is a work of the spirit. And so I think that we are in our, at core faith, what we typically try to communicate with people is that our salvation was secured by Christ and is secured in Christ. There you go. Now I will express the caveat where I wrestle with some scriptures that I don't necessarily have an answer for. And Examples would be in Hebrews where it talks about continuing in sin. And I think that is written to believers as a warning. And so I guess the question is, were those people who continue in sin ever really born again? So I think that that's a question that has to be wrestled with, right? Are you going to continue in sin, right? First John would say, we don't sin any longer, but then he who doesn't have sin is making God a liar, right? So it's it's that kind of, so I think, I think there's supposed to be that, that, that tension. There should be some question, not a question of your salvation. So guys, don't hear me saying that because I think that we should have security in Christ and his finished work on the cross. And that once we have put our faith in him for real and repented of our sins, we are born again. We are given new life. We are sealed with the Holy spirit. But I also think that those warnings are there in the new Testament because God doesn't want us walking around as the apostle Paul would say, continuing to sin, that grace would abound. Mm -hmm. May it never be so. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered the question as far as where I land. Yeah, I think that Hebrews, Zach, I would say that Hebrews sense is that uh, you could be very close to the real thing 
And I think that's how I view those Hebrews passages uh, and, and, and in the larger body, some of those Hebrew Christians, those Jewish Christians, were starting to go back toward Judaism, toward a works-oriented righteousness. And, and whoever wrote that letter uh, said, don't do it, D- don't do it. And um, so you can be very close and slip back in, into the deal. And you're right, John says, uh, he who says they have no sin uh, is a liar. First uh, John, but he tells does tell us in First John one nine that if we confess our sins, right, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. And so that's what I see Jesus saying more here in the Lord's Prayer, that there's this ongoing repentance and, and receiving of forgiveness because we still sin, even though that's not our major identity. That's the one thing I want to we'll see is that Christians need to understand that they're not sinners. They're sinners saved by grace. They're sons and daughters. And uh, now, having said that, if I don't confess my sins on an ongoing basis, I think that's what what Jesus brings up in these. The, the if I if I don't confess and if I don't forgive, if I'm not forgiving, then the heavenly Father it hurts my relationship with God, such that it, you feel that separation. Well, it's a grieving, right? So Paul says to not grieve the Holy Spirit of promise, right? Yeah. And so I think that's that's the heart of the question you're asking, Zach, is why do we need to continue to confess that sin? Because we need to recognize we're still still in a fallen world. Mm -hmm. We still fall short. We're not living short, right? I think there's got to be that difference. We're not just living in sin like casually. We fall short. We, we we have moments where we forget our identity, I think is how Augustine would put it, right? When we sin, we have forgotten who we are. Mm. And so that that confession is constantly coming before the Lord, acknowledging, here is where I've fallen short. Here is where I've dishonored you. I recognize that. I'm not comfortable in my sin, right? So I think that that is important because that keeps our conscience from becoming seared, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that when we continue in sin— unrepentantly not confessing, then our conscience becomes seared. And that's, that's problematic because now we, we no longer feel any type of conviction for the sins that we commit. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is. It's interesting that the Lord's prayer uh, and this call to forgive and to keep confessing our sins is, is, is the, is the prayer that we first learned when we were kids, if you were raised in the church, um, and yet it's completely relevant for the the very old follower of Christ who's been following Jesus since forever. It's it's so relevant because otherwise it affects our relationship with him. And I I do think there's a lot of Christians that don't feel forgiven. And now why is that? Yeah, I, I think there's, let's talk about that. I think there's several reasons why. One reason I would say, and this let's throw it out there, I'd say one reason is some Christians do get stuck into what some theologians used to call besetting sins. There are some sins that are very difficult to overcome, some lusts, some addictions, certain things. And so I think some Christians, they they repent over and over and over, and then they kind of say, well, God can't really forgive me of this. I'm unforgivable. Mm -hmm. And I think some people stop feeling forgiven as Christians because they keep sinning in that particular way. And Satan does and can get strongholds in our life. And some sins are more difficult to overcome. 
And so I think sometimes they they just say, uh, I I I must be unforgivable um, because I just keep sinning in that way. Yeah. And what is the truth there of the gospel for them? Can they still be forgiven? Is there anything that they can't be forgiven of? No. Unbelief is the only uh, unforgivable sin, right? Yeah, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is which right. is that, right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would say another reason that I think is is we we tend to really depend on how we feel rather, and, and I, I was guilty of this for such a long time, and even still I struggle with that in moments where, I mean, I, I dropped the ball the other day, I offended someone, I mean, I hurt them with my words, and man, I, I'm, I'm struggling weeks into after asking them for forgiveness and just seeing how this relationship was just, just broken, right? Because yeah. of my sin against that person. And man, just to feel forgiven, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes because it's like, I want to feel free and I keep beating myself up over the same sins. So when Romans chapter eight says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, right? I have to believe that truth, right? And I have to embrace that truth, right? If I confess my sins, God is faithful and just. You just quoted the text, to forgive me of all sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness, right? Like we have to be renewed in our minds, right? Romans chapter 12, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds have to be renewed that God has promised us something that number one, we say it every, I mean, every week, our guys hear it. We are the deeply beloved sons of the most high God, right? That's, you know, Dr. P, you do a great job of driving that home into our hearts because it's easy to walk in condemnation. And so we beat ourselves up. So I think that that's another reason is just, we're waiting to feel forgiven. And, and what we have to do is we have to if we have confessed, right, again, don't hear me say, just walk around with unconfessed, unconfessed sin and feel like you're good. No, you shouldn't feel good about that, right? What I'm saying is when you have confessed, when you have repented, when you have asked God for forgiveness, receive that truth. And at that point for me, and I have to do this, I have to constantly remind myself of those scriptures that I just quoted. Like, hey, I am forgiven. There is no condemnation. I'm not a perfect man. I'm a fallen man. And I'm striving to live for God's glory. But when I fall short, I know, I know, I know, I know that the blood of Christ is strong enough to cleanse me. The blood of Christ is strong enough to have me in a right relationship with God. And and so I think what we're saying here is a lot of the Christian life is 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 allowing the the facts of the gospel to Truth. over to overshadow our feelings. And that and and here's where like Proverbs. I was thinking about that because I've never offended anybody with my words, Bishop. I can't imagine. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah, right. neither exactly. So I've never done that. But I know I, I felt the exact same thing. But it's like Proverbs says, a brother offended is harder to be won than a walled city. Hmm. And so that's why Proverbs is helpful in our growth because it says, don't do these things because some things you can't get over, you you can't fix in this life. God can forgive you, but but having said that, we've all we all do those things we can't fix. Right. We all have people that stay unforgiving of us. Right. 
Yeah. And so there's boy, this is this is really practical, mm-hmm. yeah. actionable Christianity. I think another reason why some Christians don't feel forgiven is that even though they come to faith in Christ, walk the aisle, are baptized, trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, their wounds from early life experiences are so deep that the shame that lurks under underneath in the in deep parts of their story keep coming up, keep coming up, and the and the you'll never amount to anything. Uh, you're a failure. You, these words keep coming. The shame or the sexual abuse. Some of our our sisters had to they endured uh, keeps them from feeling whole and mm-hmm. feeling forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes these people who don't feel forgiven have a hard time forgiving mm-hmm. others. Right. Well, and I, and I would say too, like you you just mentioned sisters that have gone through like sexual abuse and things like that. Well, this, the stat I think is one in three men have experienced that as well, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And so right. It's, it's that thing that, that condemnation that comes. But as you were talking where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he's telling them that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And their problem was they didn't think they needed forgiveness. That's right. They didn't think they needed freedom, right? And so that was where they needed that that freedom. Again, the context is, is that need for forgiveness. So for us, it's knowing the truth and allowing the truth to set you free. And it's constantly, again, I'm not giving into my feelings. I'm not giving into my emotions. I'm not giving into what others say. This is what my father has said. I am free because the son has made me free. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that song? Oh, we, we sang it Sunday. Um, I am who you say I am. Yes. I am who you say I am. Mm-hmm. And this is where if we are trying to find our identity and our worth from other people and students, our young people need to get this early. That's why dads, we have to tell them, I love you. Uh, and we have to bestow on them a good identity, but they've got to get their identity from Jesus and, and not from their friends. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's so much that could be said here, but there is this linkage in the Lord's Prayer, isn't there, between receiving forgiveness yes. and being a forgiving person. Yeah. I want to go into two areas uh, along those lines. One is our responsibility to forgive others mm. who hurt us. And the second is when we have sinned against other people to confess those sins to them and ask for their forgiveness. So which one do you want to tackle first? <laughs> Bishop already was went on record of saying that that when he offended that guy, he, you went to him. Yeah. And 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 multiple I think, times. And that's a great place to start. Uh, I I I think that's part of it. If we can confess it to the Lord, but it's not we have to try to make restitution to our brothers and sisters that we've offended. Yeah, I mean, it's clear, right? This uh, I I think it's um Matthew 25, I believe, mm. where Jesus is talking about if you if you know your brother is offended with you, put, you know, leave your gift at the altar, go be reconciled to them, then you know, come and offer your gift. So I think that part of our worship vertically is that we want to worship God with clean hands, right? We want to worship God with a pure heart. Well, that requires sometimes cleaning our hands by going to a brother offended, by going to somebody who we've hurt and addressing that 
instead of pretending like, well, everything's cool with me and God because I'm justified. Right. right. Wait, wait, we got, we got brothers that we need to, you know, deal with. So absolutely we have to, we have to come and, and confess our sins against others and, and then offer them forgiveness as well. You know, when they have, when, when they've, when they've wronged us. Zach, you're such a nice guy. Bishop and I are leaders. We have to make decisions. I just can't imagine. Have you ever offended anybody? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? I it's hard to imagine because you're 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 so well you seem to measure your words uh carefully uh, as I've seen you interacting with a lot of different people. A lot of times my mouth works faster than my brain. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've gotten better at it with age, but mm. uh catching myself before I I put my foot in my mouth that happens quite a bit. But yeah, are you you want to get a confession out of me? Is no, no, I no, I don't need anything specific. <laughs> I just uh no, it's it's just nice to know that he sins in the same way that we have. Right, right. You yeah. know. But he's and, just learning it younger than us. That's yeah, all. I know. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Yeah, so with forgiveness, you know, the Bible calls us to confess our sins to other people. And why is that? Yeah, you know, there, I, I think, and, you know, as as we talked about in a previous podcast with Doug Hankins, he was talking about how Protestants don't often have this institutional uh, public confession to another person. Catholics do. Um, it's, it's a really, I think it's a healthy experience from grace to, to confess your sins to other people, um, partly because it takes it from the realm of the hidden to the realm of the public and to get it out. Satan loves to keep us hidden and to think that we are harboring secrets. It's really good for me to be able to say, I have, I, I am forgiven for that, and I can tell another person. And pray for me in this area because it's an area of weakness. Um, it keeps us from being holier than thou uh, and setting ourselves above others. And it sets us free when other people say, well, I'm glad that you have grasped the forgiveness of God. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a there is a, a an ecclesiastical sense where when Jesus gives the keys to the kingdom, right? Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven, right? And those keys had to do with forgiveness. So the what what I think we miss, right? And and where the Catholic Church probably gets it wrong is that a priest is declaring us forgiven, mm -hmm. whereas the authority was given to the church. So I think that when there is that public confession of sin, then there, there should be the ecclesiastical embrace, your sins are forgiven. One of the cool things that was happening at Asbury during the revival, during the revival meetings that they were having there was people would confess their sin publicly as the spirit led. And then congregationally, they would say the blood of Christ Christ forgives you. Yeah. So think about the power in yeah. that, right? Like someone actually comes in a broken sense in a public format and confesses openly, Lord, forgive me for lust. Forgive me for hatred. Forgive me for unforgiveness. Forgive, you know, I confess. And then you hear the congregation under the authority of God and his word saying, you are forgiven. See, and that's how I like to, to, to say it. You know, on the authority of the word of God and the shed blood of our resurrected Savior, you are forgiven. Uh, and that's, that's powerful. Uh, and, a, and another Christian can give that to one another. 
right. another Christian too. Right. It doesn't have to be a pastor or right. uh, an ecclesiastical position. Right, right. Okay, one other thing I, I definitely want us to talk about is when someone has uh, sinned against us, we forgive them. I want to, I want us to talk about what is the role of, you know, you've heard the phrase forgive and forget. Mm. Um, talk to me about that. Does forgiveness mean that we need to put it behind us? What does that mean? Do we, can we hold on to the memory of things or are, do we have to let that go as well? Yeah, th- that's, that's, that's linked to this other issue. That's a great question. It's linked to the issue is, do I need to forgive somebody even if they don't ask for forgiveness? And, yeah. and so I would say, yes, definitely, because forgiveness is really affects, if we are unforgiving and critical, it affects our relationship with God as well as them. And and so my initial uh, comment in, 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 in relation to that, if somebody says, I can forgive, but I will never forget, that's not forgiveness. But nevertheless, there is a a wisdom sense in which if that person is not trustworthy in a particular way and we forgive them, which we should, that doesn't mean we should reinstate them into a position where they have not yet repented or have proven that they are now trustworthy to be in that position, uh, either as somebody who maybe they violated our trust. I, I'm not going to, therefore, I, I can forgive, but I may not, I, I, I shouldn't uh, entrust them with more valuable information about myself that they're not worthy to retain. That's one illustration of it. That's my take on it. I think I think it's a very complex issue, uh, but one we need to re- grapple with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you forgive, right, being someone who was abused as a kid, right, so thinking about the, the, the offender has never asked me for forgiveness. As a matter of fact, they have lied and said that they didn't even do this. Uh. And so as I have grown up, I had to come to a point where I forgive them. I don't think about the the sin against me. I've forgiven them. Would I ever trust them? No way would I ever trust them. That doesn't mean I haven't forgiven them. Would I engage with them in a conversation? I might have a conversation with them. Would I leave my kids with them? Absolutely not, right? So again, forgiving and forgetting is is where your heart is no longer embittered, where your heart is no longer in bondage to that, that unforgiveness, that resentment, but that you have really allowed the Holy Spirit to cleanse your heart and that way you're free, right? And so 100%, I would agree 100% with you on that. And that is so good because they, even though they haven't asked for forgiveness and may still be in their sin, they're in a sense your enemy. Mm-hmm. And God tells us to love our enemies. Right, right. And so forgiving is a part of being loving, but it's not therefore a step into being foolish. Right. Um, in our in our key relationships. Yeah. Great stuff, guys. That's awesome. Wow. Any other things you guys want to say about forgiveness? I, I think I think this is way more a part of uh, what we need to be doing as Christians. And I think the Lord's prayer shows that forgive us our debts uh, because sin. Uh, and by the way, I think that word for debt is the right word. It, it, Jesus used an Aramaic word, hoba, uh, and debt is, is probably the better word. Forgive us our debts because when we sin against God, we create a spiritual debt. Right. 
right? And and we can't pay it back, but Jesus paid it for us. Uh, and and so it's 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 so much more of a part of our life. As I've been following Jesus for a long time, I I do not commit as many external sins as I used to. I've cleaned up my external act a lot. That doesn't mean I don't drive too fast sometimes, but you know. But you and I, Bishop and Zach, too, you're well known in the Orlando community. We can't go out and sin in public. <laughs> I mean, people know us. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I don't right. even know who you are. Right. Well, I used to be, <laughs> you know. So we don't sin in public. But but the longer we walk with Christ, the more we see the internal sins, our own arrogance or our thin-skinnedness or our competitiveness. And a lot of those things need to then become a part of my repentance uh, and, and asking confession. And, um, and then if I am a little short with somebody, it's, it's some of those sins that are really kind of deeper sins. It's a big part of our life. And as we grow old, this is still irrelevant for us. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just add, uh, you know, reading another scripture that I, I think speaks to this Colossians chapter three um, in verse beginning in verse 12, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, right? We're elect, we're his, we're his elect children, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I mean, you continue reading that passage. It's such a beautiful thing. But the reality is that we are not given a suggestion here. We are given an example in Christ. And we are to, we all have complaints against others. I got a list of complaints against Zach. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, Zach's probably the least guy that I have complaints about. I know, just you to got be more honest. against me than yeah. Zach, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, have a, I have a list of complaints to go around. But I am called to be like Christ. We are called to be like Christ and to forgive those who we have complaints against, just like him. And so... If, if he died in our place and we have sinned against him more than anyone else, how can we hold forgiveness from others? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's, that's the big, that's the big takeaway for us as men following Christ. It's so crucial Mm -hmm. for the Christian life. Um, yeah, well, thanks, guys. This has been a great conversation. If you want to join the conversation and you have questions and comments about what we talked about today, you can email the show at forgetruth.com. At if you're interested in learning more about the Forge Movement, you can check out our website at forgetruth.com. And uh, Pete, do you want to uh, give us a challenge this week? Yeah, I mean, I love you guys. And, um, you know, I think we need brothers that we can confess our sins to. And um, what would our marriages be like, our relationships with our kids what would our churches be like if we really took this to heart, confessing our sins and forgiving and bringing harmony into the core relationships of our life? Men, this is for all of us. Amen.